Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. How many of you are happy that today is the day the Lord has made and that you didn't make it? (laughs) Come on, you showed up. His mercies are made new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Today's a new day. Turn to someone and say, today's a new day. So far, you're looking pretty darn good. There you go. Throw that one out there too. I just got somebody a date. If I ever do get someone a date, I hope you'll come back and tell me or private message me. I'm believing in faith for you, so... Uh, yeah, this is our relationship series. We're in part three of the relationship series, and everything's relationship. Everything hangs off relationship. Speaking of relationships, uh, we got to give a shout out to some of our brothers and sisters that are out there. First of all, let's start off with the Joshua House. They're watching live up there at the Joshua House. All of our amazing men out there. Now, I want to give a special shout out again, like we do every week. But I met a new friend at Ruth and Naomi's, and that's John. John and the staff at Ruth and Naomi's and everybody else that is there today and choosing to watch this service live. Can we give it up for them? Make some noise. Let them hear it all the way at Ruth and Naomi's. And our Westminster ladies that are watching live. And everybody else, wherever you're watching from, uh, just private message us, let us know. We're excited to do this with you. You know, Someone came to me last week and told me they had been watching this service for one year. They were terrified of coming to church, but they watched every week. They watched this service. They engaged. They got into the word. And now they're here. And now they're here. So you never know the impact that you're having on somebody because everything says something. What will you say? And what will you use things like social media for? I mean, it's used for a lot of garbage, but we can use it for good. Can we not? Yeah. So praise God. Uh, This is a love series, relationship series. And speaking of love, I got to give it up for Christopher and Jessica that just got married yesterday. Let's give it up for the newlyweds. Way to go, you guys. And you're here the next day. Wow. We must be doing something right. Yes. What are you going to do for your honeymoon? I'm going to go to church. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm going to put God first. Man, you guys are setting a high standard. That's great. So today I've, ent- I've entitled this message, A Greater Love. A Greater Love. You know, some of us, being honest with ourselves, could probably say that we're not really satisfied with the results that we've been getting or maybe giving in our relationship. And, and don't get me wrong, your relationship is probably good, but it could always be better, could it not? Right? We know God's plans and purposes are to prosper us, not to harm us, give us a hope and a future. We also know that he's able to do above and beyond, above and beyond. But according to the power within, that's Jesus within us. That's the God of love within us. So I know he wants to do more in us today. And we're going to figure out how to do that in his word. Now, show of hands or show of Bibles, whatever your Bible looks like. Can you just hold it up for me right now? Just let me know that... You're not just listening to what the preach. Look at that. Look at all the Bibles in the house. Some are glowing. I love that. Some of you, I, I see that, Kamala. You even have my notes there on you version. Wow. You can get my notes. Take your own notes, please. Do something with it. Share it with others. But in this series, we've been talking a lot about 
what it is that we hold on to. We talked about last week where we need to just let go and let God in certain areas of our life. And uh, there's things in this world that if we hold on to, they're going to leave us hanging. They're not just going to leave us hanging. Eventually, they're going to let us down. And if we attach ourselves to certain things, those things that we attach ourselves can either cause us um, to grow in love or wither in pain. And see, the enemy, the devil, he wants to corrupt your love by stealing your joy. Boo is right. (laughs) God wants to connect your love so that your joy may be complete. There we go. Get a yay for that one. So I want to go through uh, John 15. These are the words of Jesus. John 15. We're going to start in verse 4. Verse 4. says this. Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch. Someone say no branch. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. First point. Remain in me. Remain in him. For many of us, we have a hard time remaining in relationships that are healthy. Why? Because somewhere along the way, and I'll be the first to admit, we get caught in a me-centered companionship. When we are called to a Christ-centered partnership, we attach ourselves to emotion when we need to attach ourselves to devotion, like you guys. (laughs) What and who will you be devoted to? You know, I'd like to say we all have great intention, but we might just be slightly off in our direction. Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in him. Our love cannot produce fruit if we are detached from the root our source. Deep down, at the heart of it all, is what we hold on to. We need to hold on to Jesus. We need to be grafted. We need to graft ourselves on the vine so that we can cultivate a healthy relationship. It says no branch can produce fruit by itself. We were never meant to be by ourselves. We were never meant to do it alone. Just look in this room. Somebody on your right, somebody on your left needs you, and you need them. And if we go back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis, you can see the design. In Genesis 2, verse 18, the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. All the men said, Amen. <laughs> I will make a helper suitable for him. Adam. The word Adam in the Greek means humanity. What was suitable for humanity was a partnership. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into his sleep. 
And while he was sleeping, he took out of the man one of his ribs. Then he closed him up. And he, and he closed up the place of the flesh. And he used that, that rib to make woman. The man said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. The design is in the detail. What are you united to? That's why marriage is, is so sacred. But in certain seasons, we can become scarred. Our hearts can become hardened. It takes two. It's a bond that was never meant to be broken. Jesus said in Mark 10, he says, but at the beginning of creation, God made the male and the female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. And all the parents said, amen. <laughs> That's another message. And will be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they will no longer be two, but one flesh. Therefore, someone say therefore. What God has joined together, let no one separate. And from the very beginning, God had a plan. He had a design. He intended us for us to be in relationship as one man and woman in relationship with God. See, the enemy, the serpent, causes separation by getting us, tempting us to sin. And he cuts us off from that relationship. He goes after our own fleshly desires by tricking us to hold on to our feelings instead of our faith. In our relationships, we may at time reach for forbidden fruit because we allow our unhealthy desires to trump God's greater love, his greater plan. We settle for less, giving in maybe to a moment of pleasure and forfeiting a long-term godly relationship. You know, just like the, the bride needs the groom, the church needs Christ. We need Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So therefore, we must remain in our relationship with Jesus if we are to produce a greater love. We mustn't continue on with counterfeit love, a love that does nothing but let us down. It might fool you for a moment, when you reach for that fruit, it might taste good for a moment. It might not kill you in the moment, but it will cause you to suffer. So let us hold on to a love that remains God's love. Let's go into verse 4 and verse 9. Verse 4 says this, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Say much. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 4, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
How many times does he have to say that? Remain in my love. I have these jars up here for a little object lesson for those of you who like experiments. We're going to try one. I have the water here, which is going to represent the world's watered-down view of love. And then I'm going to have this jar of pure olive oil (laughs) representing (laughs) the love of God. (laughs) Okay? See, the world likes to even take the word of God sometimes and water it down. We talked about this before. We say we love all these things. I love this. I love that. And then we'll say, I love my wife. I love pizza. I love wife. (laughs) No, it doesn't work that way. And see, we got to realize that our words carry weight. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So the world might even change its color, get it to look a little red. Still water. It might look like juice or something more appetizing, but that's still water. Chilliwack water. (laughs) It's blessed. Right? But even if we add color to it, so it visually looks like love, it's not love. Even if we say, it's love, 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 love. I'm not going to drink it. (laughs) It's still water. Now, the thing is, say we've got God's love. Hold on one second there. And we have the love of Christ. We invite Jesus into our heart, the jar representing our heart. And we let love in. It's beautiful. We have that oil, that anointed oil. But then somewhere along the way, we let in the world's view of love. Now, what you're going to see is what happens here. The two don't mix. The two won't mix. They cannot mix. Authentic love versus counterfeit love will not mix. As you can start to see, the oil rises above. Okay? But now, what do you do with this other stuff? Let's call it lust. Because lust takes and love gives, okay? I want this. I need that. And we let other things in. We reach for things that aren't healthy in our life. And yet you say, I've got the Father's love, yet I'm trying to mix the sin of this world. But they don't mix. And then, come forward, Kelsey. Sorry, you have to go all the way back. Then the world comes along. Life happens. (laughs) Life happens. You could take that away. And you're like, how do, I, how do I separate it? And life just has a way of making things hard, does it not? So what naturally happens with counterfeit love, things become cold in our hearts. They become hard in our hearts. And here's the thing. 
I put the same similar jar in the freezer and it faced the elements. And guess what it did? The counterfeit love was hard. And the thing is, it expanded the heart to the point where the heart broke. But notice how the oil doesn't change. The oil, God's love remains consistent. It is constant. It can withhandle any hard times, any condition. His love never fails. It is not circumstantial to the climate. The oil is still consistent. You see what I'm saying? You know, oil is quite symbolic in the Bible. I just anointed somebody. <laughs> Did I get you? Did I get you, Rick? There you go. Be blessed. Oil symbolizes the divine presence. In biblical context, olive oil is a main element used in anointing. Did you know that? The fruiting of the olive tree likens the rich blessing of God in the lives and in the hearts of believers. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart. Thank you. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. A pure heart requires pure love. What if... What if we allow other things into our heart that aren't pure? Hosea 14, 1 to 9 says, Return, Israel. Return to the Lord your God. Come back to him. Your sins have been your downfall. Take the words with you and return who? To him. Return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. And verse 6 says, his splendor will be like an olive tree, his fragrance like a cedar of Lebanon. Verse 9 says, who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. There's only one way to love. Jesus is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. We are anointed with his love. Verse 10 of John 15 says this. It says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Point two, complete joy. Not counterfeit joy, not a little bit of joy, an overwhelming 
joy of the Lord as your strength. Jesus said, if you keep my commands, the God of love knows that we need to exercise limits. We need to exercise even the boundaries of our heart. In Proverbs 4.23, it says that we are to guard our heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, the world will just say, follow your heart. But Jesus said in Mark 7, in 23, or 20 to 23, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is within, out of a person's heart, that evil comes, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Jesus said that there are things that if we attach ourselves to can make us spiritually unclean. Spiritually unclean before God. If we are not attached to the vine, we will miss something that is greater, something that is divine. And I don't want to settle for less in my relationship with my spouse, with my kids, with you guys. I don't want to settle for less than what God wants to do in me and through me. I know you don't want to settle. Jeremiah uh, 17, 9 to 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God is the one that tests the heart. Will you trust your heart in his hands? so that your joy may be complete. In verse 12 of of John 15, Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's a tall order. And none of us can do it without Jesus in us. His love must flow out of us. Jesus laid down his life for us. Verse 13 says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. There's no greater love than to lay down your life for another. Again, we need to realize the difference in what we go after and hold on to. It looks like love, but it ain't. Again, it's, it's lust that takes and it's love that gives. You know, there's a, another story in the Bible about a woman who lost her husband, a widow woman. And her husband, the family, owed money, a lot of money. And in those days, if you couldn't pay, you'd pay with family members. So they were going to come and take her children. And so she went to this prophet, this man of God, and cried out for help. 
And the man of God first asked, what is it that she wanted? But the next thing she said, he said to her, what is it that you have? And she starts off by saying, I have nothing except, except a jar of oil. And so then this man of God tells her specifically to go to all her neighbors and collect the empty jars and vessels, as many as she can get. And then to go into the room, close the door behind her just with her family, because sometimes you got to shut out the doubt, shut out the doubt. And you got to get in your prayer closet, whatever it is, and get into the word of God And then the man of God says, I want you to start pouring the oil in which you have out into the empty jars. And as many empty jars as there was, the oil kept pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would just open up your heart and allow God to pour in, he'll keep pouring. He'll keep pouring. He'll keep pouring and help you search your heart and deal with what's in your heart that's not of him. He'll wash you clean as white as snow. Even if you feel this represents your broken heart. For in Christ we are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Let him come into your heart. Here's the tough part. My last point, you need to lay it down. Lay it down. Are you willing to lay down your life for others? Would you stand with me? Just stand with me right now. Are you willing to lay down your life for God? To live selflessly and sacrificially, putting the needs of others above yourself, putting the will of God before your wants in the context of a Christ-centered relationship? If so, I promise you, he will bless you beyond blessing. You will experience an even greater love. Oh, you'll have trials, but his love never fails. His love covers all. My takeaway for us today is there's no greater love than to lay your life down. There's no greater love. And our verse is John 15, 17. This is my command. Love each other. Imagine if we just did that. Imagine if instead of getting all hung up on the next thing that you have to do and get right in your life, that you would just look through the filter of love that you would let love in. And you'd let go of whatever you're holding on to that's not love. See, our calling comes with a command and love will lift the lid. If you need to purify your heart and you long to understand your purpose, if you desire to live a life beyond yourself, and for others. And know that you are making an impact every day. 1 Peter 1, 22-25 says, Purify yourself by obeying the truth 
so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's not just for eternity. It's how we live our lives every day for Jesus. That we walk out of love. We talk out of love. We act out of love. And we are moved by the God of love. And so if you're here today and you feel like that broken jar, like someone or something has broken your heart, that heart, your heart, was never for them to hold. It was for Jesus to hold. Would you give your heart to him today? Would you recommit your relationship with him today? Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our heart, and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. Let's just pray this together right here, right now. If you've prayed this prayer before, just do it again with me. If you've never prayed this before, would you do so with your whole heart? If you're coming back to him, he's going to take you from broken to blessed. Say, dear Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to come into my heart. I believe that you chose to die for me and for my sins. Would you forgive me? I believe that you rose from the grave so that we could have a relationship. I'm ready to turn from my way and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment. Heavy moment, heavy moment. <laughs> Eyes closed in the moment. If the word, the words that we have heard today that are written in the word of God, spoke to you in relevance to either wanting more for your relationship or spoke to you in an encouraging way that you know there's more that God has for you. Would you just put your hand up in the house as an act of faith, hands up all around the room, hands up all around the room, raising your hand to heaven. When you open up your hand, heaven opens up its hand on you. Lord, bless my brothers and sisters now. Fall upon them now. Flow out of them now. Lord, touch them. We know you're here. Move through relationships that have been broken. Make them whole. Relationships where we don't know what to say or do. That your presence, your stillness would just fall in us and through us. Fill our hearts, Lord, with your love. The second is this, if you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed, for the first time or you're coming back, inviting him into your heart, would you just put your hand up? So that's me. Thank you. That's me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters that have come into your house and they where you have come into their heart. We thank you that your word says in heaven there's a party going on for them right now. Lord, I thank you that you will never leave them nor forsake them. Lord, I thank you that you have set them apart. Lord, would you lift them up in this season? Would you strengthen them like never before? In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord Jesus, we have a lot to be thankful for. We need to give God some praise in the house. You know, we're about to step into the next stage for some. It might be a first time for some, might be coming back. And, but here in College Street, we, we know that it's a commandment, just like it's a commandment to love. It's a commandment to make disciples of love. And in that commandment in Matthew, it says that we are to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The word baptism means to be immersed. And I know some of you get this in your relationship. You haven't always been all in. Because of hurt or pain or fear, you've been afraid. But there's no fear in love. In perfect love, God's love drives out all fear. And for some of you today, you need to step in with Christ into the water. For we are called into baptism to be baptized with Christ. When we go in the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave, he goes with us. All that stays in the water. When we come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection, that we are resurrected with Christ. In Acts, it says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and have your sins washed away. Receive the Holy Spirit. Before we do that, there'll be a time of singing. We're going to celebrate. And you could just come forward at any time. We'd love, love to be a part of that journey with you. But you know, we are honored and we are pleased as a church. As a church, we have been promoting a song that was written in this house to give glory to the name above every other name. And that name is Jesus. It's not about College Street. It's not about College Street worship. It's about Jesus, okay? And we are promoting the song, Heaven in My Heart, which is actually right now going on ads in Christian radio all across Canada and 900 stations worldwide. So as we worship God, remember his name. His name is Jesus. Before we sing with the band and open it up for baptism, I want you to hear, you can sit down for a little bit. I want you to hear the heartbeat behind the song. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends.
See you next time.